are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good? It's your girl, Janon, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and, of course, where they are now. So, hey, y'all, what is happening now? This episode is sort of special, and I just realized this because I usually number um, the episodes that we have week by week. And I'm just looking over the number, like the episode number for this week, and guess what episode number we are on right now. We are on episode 111. That is three ones altogether, one, one, one. And listen, I'm not like the type of person to be superstitious or whatever you want to call it, but there's just something special about seeing all ones, like all at the same time. So like if whenever I look at the clock and it's 11, 11, or if it's 1, 11 or something, man, it just makes me feel so special. And I know what some people say, like, oh, you should make a wish, like blah, blah, blah. It will come true. Well, I mean, I don't know about that, but I just have a really good feeling about the number 111. And um, it just gives me a really good vibe. So hopefully we're going to have a blast today on our 111th episode okay so there you go yeah all right so now happy first day of spring um yes by the time you'll be listening to this uh it will actually be the the mark of uh the new year like the persian new year so shout out to all my fellow persians out there and all the baha'i people who celebrate Nowruz or uh, the Persian New Year, so it's usually just celebrated on the first day of spring, and um, something that is really interesting about it is that the timing of New Year's, so to speak, actually changes every year, and um, so one year it could be happening um, over midnight, one day, or, or like another year it could actually happen um, in the afternoon, or another year it could be happening overnight, or whatever it is, it just changes every year. And that's just really cool. And um, there's a lot of um, cooking and getting together with your family and friends and loved ones. And I, I would just say, as a, as a Persian myself, I would say it's a, it's a very good holiday because it's like Thanksgiving, Christmas, and um, Easter all combined together. So you actually have to like paint eggs and like eat cookies and chocolate and good food, like a lot of food. And like um, you, you actually get presents too. So it's actually a very fun holiday and I would say like even if you don't celebrate it normally um, you can you can actually um, celebrate it this year because it's just really cool and you get a lot of um, nice presents and all good stuff so happy new year to all of you guys who are celebrating no roofs yay okay so now as um, as a present, you could say, for this um, new new year, for the beginning of spring, officially, we have so many great things, obviously, happening in the world of combat sports, and um, so many things happened over this past weekend, and we have so many other things happening this upcoming weekend, and we have other things happening in, in a couple of weeks in terms of boxing, which is so exciting, and uh, I'm not sure if we're, if we're gonna have time to talk about those in particular, but I will try my best, um, uh, if 
not just just like um, and make those fight announcements here on the show so that you guys actually know what to watch out for in the upcoming episodes in case you want to tune in to those specific breakdowns. Okay, so that is pretty much uh, what we have lined up in the next couple of weeks. And so um, this week now. This week is interesting because we have so many things happening in the world of mixed martial arts, specifically in terms of news and gossip, you know what I'm saying? And um, some of these I actually just uh, figured out like <laughs> a couple hours ago when I was um, checking my social media, my Instagram, and um, some of these things I, I just um, came across. I was like, wow, I definitely need to talk about this today on TKO. So we're going to get into a few of those today. And um, something really interesting happened over this past weekend in terms of um, uh, the UFC fight night that was happening in London, UK. And um, yes, I'm just going to briefly reminisce over um, some of the great things, some of the great highlights that happened over this past weekend with the phenomenal fight between Jorge Masvidal. Oh man, I told you guys I love Jorge Masvidal last week and I'll actually get into uh, more detail in regards to why I just have this um, un unknown... Um, appraisal for Jorge Masvidal and um, it's actually on record I'm not just saying this because of what happened over this past weekend especially uh, in favor of Jorge Masvidal I'm not just saying it because of that you can actually go back and check having me saying that I love Jorge Masvidal he's actually one of my all-time favorites can go back and check it I dare you yes so we're gonna yes we're gonna talk about Jorge Masvidal today and his great doings to um Darren Till the hometown boy um Darren Till he fought Darren Till okay I'm not gonna get into it right now uh, in a couple of minutes I will get into it so that's pretty much what we have lined up today in terms of um reminiscing about the fights that happened over this past weekend and in terms of breakdown yes of course the juicy breakdowns that we do every week on the show so for this week's breakdown we're obviously going to be breaking down the upcoming UFC fight card uh, on uh, Saturday. Yes, Saturday, March 23rd, of course. It is happening in Nashville, Tennessee. And you might be thinking, well, that might be a bit random because UFC usually has their events in like New York or Las Vegas usually, or even sometimes California. Why Nashville? Well, the guy that is actually fighting for the headline um, as, as the headliner of this fight card is from Nashville. And uh, it's actually going to be a headliner fight between Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Curtis. Oh, excuse me. I, I was going to say Curtis Blaze, but Curtis Blaze is in the co-main event. Excuse me. Yes, we are going to be having a fight between Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Anthony Pettis, the former lightweight champion in the UFC. And yeah, we're going to be breaking that down now. We brought up Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's name, not trying to, um, you know, spoil anything because if you guys have been catching up with the show a couple of months back, um, actually, I think it was over the summer. Yes. So you probably got the news that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, he actually came to Guelph, Ontario, which is the city that we're in right now, of course. And he had his own karate seminar at the Guelph Family Martial Arts Gym, which was great. Good for him. Now, I know we didn't really reveal uh, what happened uh, exactly during that time, especially because I was just really angry with the situation. But when I think about it, I mean, it was what it was. And I'll actually spoil it to you guys in terms of what actually happened. So when Stephen Wonderboy Thompson came to Guelph, Ontario, 
I was planning very hard for him to actually come on the show. So Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, one of the top contenders in the welterweight division in the UFC. He was in Guelph. I actually want to have him on the show to actually talk to him, talk about his background, talk about what he has coming up in his um, career. I wanted to actually have him on the show. Now, things came up. I came into the studio and um, it, it was supposed to happen twice. However, it just did not happen because of so many conflicts and so many things that I'm not going to get into right now. But I just want to let you guys know, yes, we were going to have Stephen Wonderboy Thompson here on the show. But because of some undisclosed reasons that I'm not going to get into right now, because I'm not trying to throw too much shade in here, it just didn't happen. Now, not, not saying that I'm not really um, taking Stephen, Wo- Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in this fight seriously because, of course, he's a very talented fighter and uh, martial artist. No doubt about that. However, uh, things could have been um, conducted a bit more professionally on, on, um, uh, on the other party's side if um, just uh, there, there was better time management and better... Uh, conductances of business if you know what I'm saying so I just wanted to put that out there because it was just right here stuck in my throat and I had to throw it out there because we're family guys you TKO Nation you had to know about this because I just wanted to know yeah that's all anyway so there is that but still we're gonna be breaking down Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's fight against Anthony Pettis and yeah, I think that is pretty much what we have lined up for today. So now, without further ado, let's get started. Okay, so now, first of all, I'm just going to break down um, this fight between Thompson and um, Anthony Pettis because I just want to get it out of the way and make sure that we have this breakdown um, done before anything else and that we don't lose time. So let's get started with this fight between Stephen Waterboy Thompson and Anthony Pettis. Now, like I said, Anthony Pettis is a former lightweight champion at the UFC. And he's just a very talented guy, and he's been in this um, business for such a long time. He's not only fought in the UFC, but also other MMA organizations. And if you if you go back and watch some of his highlights, some of his, some of his fighting highlights, you will see how talented of a fighter he is. He does phenomenal things in the, in the octagon, in the cage, because one moment he might be throwing a, a, a normal, a totally normal strike and a punch. The next moment he will actually walk. Um, how do I say it? Like horizontally on the cage, like you run over it and then throw a really creative shot which I know is kind of hard to visualize right now, but you know what I'm talking about if you actually go back and some watch some, some of his highlights, actually. So this was actually on tape. You can check it out for yourself. But that's just how um, creative of a fighter Anthony Pettis is if he wants to. And I say this because for the past couple of fights that he has had, especially in the UFC, he hasn't been completely able to deliver everything that he has, right? So he would have one win, he would do great, and then the next fight he would he would lose horribly and he would just be completely dominated over by his opponent. Now, a lot of people argued that this was actually due to him losing a lot of weight, trying to cut too much weight, you know, when he was trying to make weight for his upcoming fights. 
which totally does make sense if you think about it because like I said, Anthony Pettis normally fights at lightweight, which is 155 pounds. And there was a point in time that he actually went down a weight division to 145 pounds to featherweight. And um, at first, because he was winning a few fights in that weight division, so he thought, okay, maybe this is a new weight division that I'm supposed to um, sort of conquer, right? But after a while, uh, the weight cutting just got really, really hard for him. And there were actually multiple occasions that he actually missed weight, right? So it was just getting really tough for him. And uh, even after after his um, uh, weight cutting, he, he might not have been able to properly rehydrate and um, fuel his body for the actual fight. So maybe that could partially explain why he wasn't totally delivering on fight night. Now, that is totally okay because right now he's actually supposed to fight Stephen Wonderboy Thompson at welterweight, which is two weight divisions higher than uh, what he was fighting at before at featherweight. This is at 170 pounds, which is, uh, I, I guess, good for him because he wouldn't actually have to cut that much weight because he saw how difficult it was, especially at that point in his life. Because as you age, actually, I'm not sure if you guys know this, but as you age, it's, it, it will get harder and harder for you to lose weight, especially if you have to cut weight through things like dehydration, like complete dehydration and um, calorie um, restriction. It's so hard when you get older. So because of that, he just decided to move up two weight divisions to fight at Walter weight. And it totally makes sense. Give him props for that. Good. So now let's talk about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Like I said, some personal things happen between us, but that's fine. I'm not I'm not a uh, biased person. In this case, um, I will just try to judge him for the for the type of um, fighter and athlete that he is. And he's a phenomenal athlete and uh, mixed martial artist because he's actually one of those few guys that uh, comes from a very strong karate background before he got into mixed martial arts. And so, if you actually watch him and his overall st style of fighting. He still conducts his MMA fights as if he's fighting combat karate. And by that, I mean he will stand, he, he has his um, sideways stance, which, uh, it, 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 which is a really wide stance, and um, he's really dynamic at his feet. And the, the wide stance that he actually has in his MMA fights, it allows him a lot to, to be, um, to sort of pivot his, um, his kicks and everything that has to do with. Um, with his, um, uh, you know, lower body shots more effectively, right? So because of his really awkward, you could say, stance, he's actually been able to dominate over multiple opponents because he would he would stand in that position and um, that would allow him to throw, for example, better lead kicks, right? He would throw a lot of karate combinations and in most fights, that th they've actually been super useful for him but again, he himself has a, has had his own ups and downs, which is totally okay. Like it's natural for everybody to go through their wins and losses. Like that's just life. But it's just something with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He's had a lot of losses as of recently, and um, I would say he really needs to work on his wrestling skills because his his karate skills they do come into play and they do work out in most occasions but then if he actually faces a very strong wrestler or grappler he will definitely face some issues in on, in those fights but thankfully in this case like i said anthony Perez is a is mostly a, a, a striker type of guy 
And so because of that, it would be safe to assume that this fight is going to be mostly conducted stand up, standing up. And hopefully Stephen Wonderboy Thompson wouldn't have a lot of problems overall coming into this fight because this fight, like I said, I, I'm just predicting that it's going to be mostly a striking fight. But um, in the past couple of fights that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has had, especially against the former champion Tyron Woodley, we all saw how things went down in those fights because um, Woodley would actually take down Steve Wonderboy Thompson so many times and um, Wonderboy was completely neutralized. Everything about him was neutralized by the time he was on the ground. He couldn't do anything. He could not throw any punches whatsoever. He couldn't do anything. So if you actually want to win a fight against Steven Wonderboy Thompson, take him to the ground. And um, I know, I mean, I'm not trying to bring him down. I'm not trying to devalue him as a fighter. I'm just saying his his wrestling is not nearly as good as his striking in karate. So as you can imagine, Steven Wonderboy Thompson, he needs to work on his wrestling if he wants to have that um, ace card, right? And, and, and all of his fights because if he improves on that then he's a v overall a well-rounded mixed martial artist and for anything Pettis to win this fight I would say because like I said he's a very creative fighter and in this in this fight itself um, it's no it's no different no exception if he wants to win this fight I would recommend that he does something creative um, for example a creative like a like a fainting you could say with a shot per, for example and he could go for a potential takedown and potentially for a nice, um, unpredictable submission. Now, I know that's sort of far-fetched. Like, as as fans, we can only imagine the uh, the great things that a fighter can actually do. But it all comes down to how things actually play out on fight nights. But I'm just saying, if Anthony Pettis wants to have a really um, impressive uh, performance on fight nights, this is what uh, he can actually do. So, like I said, um, Anthony Pettis really needs to do something creative in order to win this fight against uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson because I'm assuming uh, because Stephen Wonderboy Thompson this is his natural weight division and this is what he normally walks around at so um, he will be more adapted in a way and I say that because I feel like height wise in, in, in terms of physical advantages he still has more physical advantages than Anthony Pettis in this particular weight division at welterweight especially because Anthony Pettis, he is the one who has trans transitioned into this new weight division. And Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, he's been in the in the Westwood weight division for so long, so he knows what he's doing. His body is adapted to all the weight changes and, and everything about that. So maybe Stephen Wonderboy Thompson could even have some um, uh, range advantages over Anthony Pettis. So using that, using his range can actually keep Anthony Pettis on the outside and not really allow him to, to come forward and charge towards him. So that's what I'm thinking about in terms of this whole headliner fight between Stephen Waterboy Thompson and Anthony Pettis. Now, of course, as I've told you guys multiple times, a million times by now, the MMA math does not always work out. Meaning, yes, we do give out predictions in terms of stats and previous experiences with some of these fighters, but it all comes down to finite. And it's not just about physical um, advantages and all the things that I talked about. It's not about skills. It's also about mentality and with what mindset each fighter actually comes into the fight with so uh in regards to that i would definitely recommend that you guys watch the fight for yourself we just gave out predictions and how we think the fight is going to go down 
but you still uh, have to make sure that you watch this fight on Saturday night. It actually starts at 8 p.m., which is weird, but I guess they just want to finish it super quick and not really let the Eastern Time Zone fans uh, stay up late, which is actually kind of annoying, so I'm actually thankful for this. <laughs> so yeah, make sure you catch up with this fight um, at 8 p.m. Saturday night, March 23rd, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Anthony Pettis. Now, I know when I was uh, talking about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's fight um, against Anthony Pettis, I mis uh, mistakenly talked about Wonderboy Thompson fighting Curtis Blades, but Curtis Blades, he's actually headlining the Coleman event of that evening. Now he's fighting um, Justin Willis, and they're both heavyweights. Now this fight, I'm not going to break it down, actually. I'm just going to briefly talk about it. This, this fight is actually going to be really interesting because um, I feel like whoever wins this fight will potentially get a shot uh, against Francis Ngannou, who is one of the most dangerous heavyweights in the UFC roster right now. And I know Curtis Blaze, he's uh, fought Francis Ngannou twice before. Unfortunately, he has lost the two times. But Justin Willis, um, he's one of those guys that is um, really under underrated. And I feel like given that he wins this fight against Curtis Blaze, which is actually a very hard task to do because Curtis Blaze is, is a very um, um, high-ranked uh, heavyweight, although uh, I just feel like they're not nearly as much talked about as other guys like Daniel Cormier, like the champion, you know, Francis Ngannou, um, Stephen Miocic, all, all other guys like like those people. They're not nearly talked about like the the more famous guys in a way. Right. But that doesn't take anything away from how talented of heavyweights they actually are. So, again, I would recommend that you guys watch this fight as well as a co-main event of this UFC national event. All right, so there is that. Now all the breakdown is done. And um, actually, I want to talk about a little bit about um, the, the fight that Jorge Masvidal had against Darren Till over this past Saturday because I, I actually got to watch it, right? Because it was happening over um, afternoon, I believe it was, because it was happening in London and it, it, they just broadcasted it a bit early for us in the Eastern time zone, which was great because I was super alert. I was really, um, you know, engaged in the fight. So when the fight started, obviously, um, uh, Darren Tell, he's from the UK and the fight was happening in London. So everybody was rooting for Darren Till and he came out, of course, to Sweet Caroline, which is something that I feel like all um, <laughs> all fighters and boxers from the UK usually walk out to, which is great because it engages the crowd because everybody in the crowd, if you play that song in the UK, if you play that, everybody would actually sing sing along, and it's actually great. It will give you great energy. So that was a strategic move uh, on Darren Till's side. And when Jorge Masvidal came out, he actually came out to the Scarface theme song, which was great. It was so gangster. Shout out to him. He came out, and everybody started booing him. But he, he looked like he was totally unbothered. And, um, you know, some people might argue that he was just doing that. He was sort of faking it. But I personally believe him because the the background that Jorge Masvidal comes from comes from a really rough um, uh, neighborhood in, in uh, Florida. And um, he, as he was growing up, as I was reading about his background, as he was growing up, allegedly, he got into a lot of street fights and whatnot. And so this is totally natural to him. You know, um, it, it, fighting and brawling is totally in his DNA, you could say, which is great. I love that. And uh, anyhow, let's talk about the fight itself. So uh, coming into this fight, 
the, the first round starts, right? And Darren Till, he is going at Jorge Masvidal as if he actually wants to finish him. And I totally understand that because Jorge Masvidal, he's been in the game for so much longer than Darren Till. And so Darren Till, he uh, automatically thought that he had all the advantages in the world um, over Jorge Masvidal. But because of the fact that he was throwing all those things... And not saying that Jorge Masvidal wasn't absorbing anything. He actually was. But after he was absorbing all those shots, he would just look over uh, at Darren Till. He would shake his head and even smile at him, right? And I feel like because of that, Darren Till, um, he might have, um, you know, lost his confidence in a bit. Not really um, saying that for sure. But I'm just assuming because... When you're trying your best, your hardest to knock somebody out and their reaction is not getting wobbled and instead looking at you and smiling back at you as if, hey, you can't do anything to me. This is not working. Well, I mean, maybe your confidence is actually declined for for just a little bit. And in that little bit, it's actually detrimental to your performance because when you don't have that mentality anymore, that, that super confident mentality in a fight... I feel like you've already lost a fight, although you haven't technically lost a fight, you know what I'm saying? But still, that was detrimental to Darren Till's performance. And as that was happening, Darren Till sort of stopped with um, his strategy of just, you know, constantly coming forward and charging towards uh, Jorge Masvidal. So Masvidal, like I said, he's a brawler, right? So he would take all those shots, throw his own counter punches. And then after a while, the direction, the directionality of the fight was actually reversed because now we were seeing Jorge Masvidal throwing most of the shots, most of the offensive shots towards Darren Till. And Darren Till was absorbing uh, a lot of them. At first, he sort of tried to imitate what Jorge Masvidal was doing to him, which was taking the shots, looking at him, shaking his head like, hey, that didn't do anything to me, you know, and whatnot. But the fight actually ended early because Jorge Masvidal threw a massive... See, so he actually did what Tyron Woodley had done previously to Darren Till and in, in, in Darren Till's most recent fights and that he faked elite hand, right? And then instead, he threw a big right hand towards um, Darren Till and Darren Till's chin, he it, it totally absorbed that shot 100%. And so he was wobbled, right? And then as he was uh, sort of wobbling... Jorge Masvidal still caught him with at least, I would say, two more shots while he was still in air. And then after he absorbed those shots, he went down cold to the canvas. And he wasn't even moving. Darren Till wasn't even moving at that point. And it was actually honestly really scary because um, I think the doctors, um, the octagon doctors brought in oxygen mask, like an oxygen mask for um, Darren Till to breathe in because they weren't sure how well he was doing. And um, it's actually really scary. So for a minute, I was actually really scared about Darren Till's um, well-being. But he actually stood up and obviously he was disappointed at the results, but Jorge Masvidal, my man, he delivered under so much pressure. And I told you guys how much I love Jorge Masvidal. And from that point on, it just added so much to my admiration um, towards Jorge Masvidal. So shout out to Jorge Masvidal for such a great performance. He's a real G. You know that for sure. And also um, kudos to Darren Till for not really saying, oh, you know, um, that five wasn't fair, whatever. Like um, he actually owned up to that loss. And uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be 
back soon because he's a very young guy and he has um, uh, so many great things ahead of him in his professional career. So there you go. That was everything that I wanted to talk about in terms of Jorge Masvidal and Darren Till. Oh, man, I talked a lot. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. Okay, anyhow, so make sure you watch um, UFC Nashville, which is, like I said, happening on March 23rd, Saturday. Let me know how it goes, how you like it. We're going to be sort of reminiscing about these fights um, next week. So make sure you tune in next week as well. And like I said, I'm just looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we're going to have for this week. You guys already know. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. And you can also go to SoundCloud and iTunes to catch up with our previous episodes as well. And of course, until next time, it's your girl Janan right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.